right. So we are here today with Michelle Hung, uh, the Sassy Investor, which is the title of her book. She is also the author of Investing for Teens, How to Invest, Save, and Grow Money. She's a fee-only financial planner and educator who has taught thousands of students and clients how to invest in the stock market and build a lifetime of wealth. And today we are going to talk all about building that lifetime wealth in terms of planning for retirement. So welcome, Michelle. Thanks so much, Maria. I'm so excited to be here today to talk about this topic. Awesome. So before we jump into kind of retirement, I just wanted to start with your book. So what is a sassy investor? Um, I guess it's just someone who embodies the confidence and the willingness to invest and build wealth on their own so they can become financially independent. The name is more so a reflection of myself and personality and to anyone who can relate to just trying to make a relatively dry topic more fun and easier to engage with. I love it. I think it's very, it's a great kind of hook sort of thing. Um, so what does planning for retirement mean? Well, first, I guess we have to define what retirement means, right? So for some, it means, you know, a comedian just retiring from their nine to five at age 55 years old and completely stop working. Or it could be someone, you know, who's 40 years old transitioning from their nine to five into their own business or something, right? So everyone has their own idea of what their retirement will look like your time. And that's a question that I ask all my clients is, you know, are you going to be okay to stop working at, say, 65 years old, for example? What are you going to do with your day-to-day? Are you going to, you know, like get up and walk around all day? I don't know, right? Like, what are you going to do? Humans are purposeful beings. And for a lot of us, we tie our identity to what it is that we do. So for some who have been working for decades, and then all of a sudden, they're no longer doing that. They lose a big part of themselves. And ultimately, you know, they fall into some form of depression. So it's not just about planning financially, but also what will you be doing on a day-to-day basis? Yeah, I like that whole like retiring to something as opposed to retiring (laughs) from something. Exactly. Um, Absolutely. So kind of tying it into the summit. So why is it important for women, especially to plan for retirement? It's really important for women, especially to plan for retirement, because considering women in Canada have a higher chance of poverty. Um, I looked at some recent stats. It's 21% of women over 75 years of age are living in poverty versus 13.9% of men over the age of 75 years old. Women have a longer life expectancy. So not only are we living on less, but we're living longer. And we also lose years of you know wealth accumulation due to things like childcare, maternity leave, um, and then even like you know perhaps taking care of sick family members, right? And that general, I, I'd say that generally falls on women. So there are years of you know lost earnings, promotions, pension contributions. So very important to see what those events, how those events will have an impact on the retirement, what they need to do to basically make up for it. So very important for women to start doing that. It is again not never too early to start. Great. So that was going to be my next question. How early should someone start planning for this? Because it seems like a long time away, um, Mm -hmm. especially when you're super young. So how early should we be thinking about this? It's again, never too early to start. Frankly, the earlier you start, the less money you'll need to you'll need to put towards your retirement savings because you're going to be letting the power of compounding do all the work. Whereas if you're planning for retirement later, and let's say you haven't done much over you know the previous years, um, you're going to need more money allocated towards your retirement to catch up on previous years. So basically, let's just say, for example, instead of investing you know five hundred dollars per month in your thirties, if you're just starting in your forties, maybe you're looking at maybe 
needing to set aside like a thousand dollars per month. You're gonna need a lot more savings to make up for previously previous years. And I would say it's just like it's just about like investing, right? Um, retirement planning part of a big part of it is just like building wealth over the long term. It's just starting to invest, right? And then it's you know like no one ever regrets saving too much money or investing too much money, right? So you know the more money you have, the more options you have later on in life, and the less problems you'll run into. And along the way, when you're investing, you're not just like building your portfolio for retirement. It helps you build your nest egg, your security in the short run, in the short term. Um, It acts as a security blanket for when life happens. So you talked about kind of investing less when you're younger, more when you're older, depending on when you start. How does the investments you kind of invest in, essentially the specific investments, how do those change in the different age brackets, like a 30, a 40, and a 50-year-old? Sorry, do you mean like how does the plan change as we approach retirement age or? Yeah. How did the plan for our investments? So we know we have to maybe save more closer to, but does our, does how we invest specifically change as well? Um, as we reach closer to retirement, you know, our portfolio would shift into capital preservation, right? As opposed to wealth accumulation and growth. So, you know, as we're nearing retirement, we're not going to want those massive fluctuations we get in the stock markets, the volatility um, more specifically. So, we're, and we're looking for more income producing assets. We're thinking about, well, we don't want to see our portfolios die, you know, tw- 20, 40% um, as we get closer to retirement and we're relying on that, right? We're thinking about, well, how do we preserve that and replace our employment income. So that's the so that's the biggest thing when it comes to like retirement planning as as we inch closer and the reality sets in where hey, I'm no longer going to have my, you know, full-time income. What is going to be replacing that? What am I going to um, what am I going to be doing? And then for those that have been, you know, prepared well in advance, they have a big nest egg, you know, taxes is something that they're going to have to worry about because depending on how much money you've saved up, you're going to be uh you're going to have mandatory drawdowns um on your RSPs. So then that's that that automatically puts like some people into a very high tax bracket, which also, you know, means some of their old age security will be clawed back. So there are these strategies that we have to look into when it comes to retirement. It's not just like about investing and then, oh, good, look, I have a sum of money. That's great. That's a great start. That's like, you know, the bulk of the work. Then you're going to have to speak to a planner and be like, okay, so how do I minimize my taxes? So that's generally how it would change. Our attitudes would change as we approach uh, retirement age. Now, is there a way, you kind of talked about like having, investing less in the beginning, more later on, depending on where you start. Is there a way to figure out like how much I need to save? Like how do we come up with that $500 a month or, you know, $1,000 a month or that sort of thing? So that basically just depends on, you know, what your ideal retirement looks like. And when I work with clients, I ask them like, how much do you want to be living off of? And they'll compare it to how they're living now, right? And then we'll throw in some other scenarios like, oh, let's factor in healthcare costs and all these things. Maybe you won't have a mortgage anymore. So there's a lot of things that impact how much you're going to be needing to invest, save and invest now on top of, okay, well, do you have, you know, a pension at work, right? Like maybe you have a defined benefit plan, which is excellent. Um, or maybe you have some group RSPs at work. So what we're doing is we're gathering all sources of income. So then and pulling them together to see, okay, well, when I retire, I'm going to be getting this much per month from all these sources of income, including like government uh, pensions. So there's that. And then now we can look at, well, I'm going to need to fill this hole, right? There's a gap, like maybe I need just 
million and a half dollars more to fill that hole. And so I'm going to, I'm going to be needing, say I have like a 25 year uh, time horizon to fill that gap. I'm going to be needing to invest X amount of dollars, like maybe $800 per month to fill that hole. So that's generally how um, we approach to figuring out how much it is we need to be setting aside. But if we're talking about straight raw numbers, you know, before, you know, maybe like 10 years ago, we thought a million dollars is great um, to have for retirement. But, you know, given how expensive things have gone, um with you know the inflation happening i would say even two million dollars is like the new million one million dollars so two million dollars is a it's a good uh i guess target to have in mind when you're for retirement and we're just looking at straight raw numbers okay so that's a really good kind of benchmark rule of thumb i mean obviously it sounds like individual planning and some time to figure that out Uh, i totally get that are there any mistakes um that someone should avoid when planning for retirement i guess the biggest mistake i see in women is just not taking enough risk. So there's just like a huge misconception of risk when it comes to investing in the stock market. They think, oh, it's people are going to lose all their money. It's too risky. But then on the contrary, if you're not taking risk at all, that is a risk in itself. So people who have their cash sitting in a savings account or they're sitting, you know, like this drives me crazy when they have like GICs and their RRSPs and they're like in their 30s and 40s and even 50s. I'm like, what are you doing? It's like, it's not the best use of your money. So I would say not taking enough risk is the biggest risk I see when it comes to women because we are generally more risk averse. And there's this misconception that, oh, the stock markets are risky. It's like, no, it's, yeah, there's short-term volatility, massive swings in stock prices. Yeah, that's, you know, that's going to happen. That's part of, you know, the economic cycle. But that's why when you're investing, you're investing for the long term. You need time to weather out those massive price swings and you need the time to recover from all of those, you know, downturns like, you know, the pandemic um, in 2008. So it's more so having the education um, and being able to manage your emotions uh, to be able to weather those short-term fluctuations. And again, it's like for the most part, a lot of uh, these, you know, equity uh, funds out there, they are just simply medium risk level. They're not like as high risk as a lot of people make them out to be. And that's something like I, I know a lot of people don't talk about. Um, I talk about because, you know, as I was going through like building some funds for my clients and students, I'm like, these are all it's 100% equities. It's basically putting all your money into the stock market. But at the end of the day, because they're so diversified, they all just hold like a medium risk rating. So I would say like, don't be afraid to take like the maximum risk, which is, you know, putting all your money into equities, especially if you have a long-term horizon. At the end of the day, they are just a medium risk level. So, Well, and I think it's different. Like you're talking about like a broad-based fund, which is the diversification adds to help decrease that risk. I think the risk is like if you're investing in penny stocks or, you know what I mean? Yes, things like that. Exactly. Like hugely volatile, obviously mm-hmm. not something we'd recommend. So I exactly. totally, completely understand that. With all of the noise in the news right now, so it just seems like there's tons of stuff going on. How do we help? How What advice do you have to help us stay focused when planning or investing for our retirement? Just ignore the noise. Okay. <laughs> noise is what throws people off their investment plan and they they kind of get sucked into it they get scared or they get FOMO and they do irrational things I would say like giving into their emotions because they're listening to social media and what's hot or maybe you know they're hearing about some 21 year old who made a killing off crypto or some other super high-risk product that they got lucky on um, and then, or they can get scared with headlines about failed banks um, or like a potential recession coming up right all of these things do not matter they will happen over and over 
again. So what they should be focused on is investing consistently, staying diversified with their investment portfolios, and just staying invested no matter what's happening. I hear this over and over again where, you know, headline, there's a recession coming, so-and-so XYZ bank just failed in the US. They get scared. They sold something. And then because they're like, I just want it to, you know, I saw the stock prices drop. I want it to just like stop the losses, minimize my losses, mitigate the downside risk. And then almost immediately, like the next day, they regret that decision. And it is it is just too common. And I guess it's part of like human behavior. We're going against like how we feel, right? But which is why we have to manage our emotions and get in, get them in check, right? We have to check ourselves and be like, you know what? No, this is just noise. It's going to happen. The news will glorify any and every event out there. And we have to, and it's just that it's just noise. And we have to, you know, basically cover our ears. Okay. So we're going to avoid the noise, kind of take emotion out of it. Do you have any other tips for anyone watching right now who's thinking about or wanting to, you know, kind of invest or plan for time? Maybe they've, maybe they haven't started or maybe they have like different parts of their journey. Do you have any tips for us? Yeah, just, I would say just get started. Even if it's with, you know, $50 a month or a hundred dollars per Per month. It's slow growth and it may not seem like it's relevant or worthwhile, but it absolutely pays off in the future. So it is still the least labor intensive way to build wealth, to make money. So I say, why not take advantage of it? There's so many, there's so many platforms out there that allow you to invest with little money to begin with. So I would just say, just get started, open an account and just put money in and start doing a little bit of research and it'll go a long way. So I think that kind of leads into my next question. So if I'm watching and I'm like, what is something I can do today? I'm so, I'm 100% listening to you. I'm bought in. I kind of drank the Kool-Aid sort of. <laughs> what can I do today to kind of get that started or get that, keep that ball rolling? So I would say just open an investment account. So if you don't have a tax-free savings account, a TFSA, start with that. Go to a platform like say Wealth Simple Trade. I have one of those accounts. I have, I have, actually have a lot of accounts, but I would say Wealth Simple Trade because it's super easy. You can get started in like 10 minutes. There's no minimum required um, to get started. Just put $100 in it. And then you look into um, what we mentioned before, an exchange traded fund, um, ETFs for short. They are super diversified investments. For example, an ETF, like as an example, VEQT. It's a fund that contains thousands of companies across the world. So, you know, if you take a, an ETF like that, you're geographically diversified across uh, the world, but also across every sector and it has it has so many companies that like your money is not going to go to zero right even if several companies even if 10 companies in the world go bankrupt um, it's you know your money is not going to go to zero and again it's actually considered a medium level risk investment um, because it is that diversified so again it's all about doing you know a little bit testing it out um, so that when you're ready you know you're starting with 50 dollars a month when you're ready and you come across a larger chunk of money you'll know exactly what you need to do awesome i think that's a great tip well, Simple Trade is a great platform. Uh, Q Trade, who's one of our sponsors of the Summit, another great platform. They've got some bonuses right now. Sign up, um, so submit a little extra money, you know, kind of thing in mm-hmm. your pocket that you can invest with. So I think that's great. It just gets started. And I mean, I know I've never talked to people. It seems very scary, but once you do that first or second, you know, yes. first, second, third, you know, time, it becomes a lot easier. So absolutely awesome, mm-hmm. Michelle. So I want to thank you. I think you've given us some really great, um, tangible tips today. So definitely thank you. And if you watching want to connect with Michelle, you can connect with her on Instagram or TikTok directly through her website. She has a lot of great resources there. So once again, thank you, Michelle. And those of you go ahead and check out The Sassy Investor. Great. Thank you so much, Maria. 